0: What's good, everybody? Man, first podcast recording of 2020. Uh, Did I miss anything Uh, up to this point? um, Has 2020 been eventful at all? I can't really think of anything noteworthy um, in the year of 2020. Seems like a pretty normal year, yeah. All jokes aside, I appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm happy to be back. The fact that you are here listening tells me that 2020 has been such a hell of a show for you that you've decided to come back and listen to me blabber on about sports. Um, I'm just appreciative for you guys tuning back in. I'm really excited to be back with with, with everybody. Let's get after it once again. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, really excited to be back doing this podcast. Uh, think it'll look a little bit different this time around um, there's going to be a few changes. Um, hoping to actually um, kind of make this a little bit more accessible um, and have more dialogue with uh, my very small audience. Um, you can expect some more guests. Um, we have some guests already in the pipeline uh, for this second season. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to touch on before I really get after it is uh, why I do this podcast was something that I felt like I didn't really um, ever share. Um, And it's nothing more. It's very simple. It's just an opportunity for me to have an outlet to share my unsolicited opinion about what's going on in the sports world. Um, I find on other media outlets, especially social media, whether it's a character limit or whatever it may be, that sort of constricts um, the ability to really Um, shed light on on my personal opinion of whether it's a game, whether it's an athlete, whether it's anything regarding sports. Um, It's so narrow that I don't really get to expound on it. So this is an opportunity for me to um, just ramble on and give my unsolicited opinion and advice. Um, And hopefully some of you guys find it intriguing. Um, If nothing else, just something to have on in the background, if that's all it is. But hope it's somewhat entertaining. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, and I'm excited to be back, excited to be back and excited for this first episode of better than ever in, in 2020. But seriously, what the hell is going on this year? I, I sat down and I was like, what are the top five stories of 2020 that I feel like we need to open with? And I will preface this with some of these topics are a little bit more light. Some of them are very heavy And we're not going to get deep into the weeds when it comes to some of these heavy topics. There are some things that have happened this year um, that I think we can all agree on. We're terrible and, um, uh, excuse me, we're we're unimaginable um, and and just, I know, ripped the hearts out of several people um, in the sports world and in other sections of the world. Um, So I'm not going to, I'm not doing it a disservice by brushing over some of these. I am going to mention them just because... Um, It's kind of the elephant in the room when you talk about 2020. Um, But with that being said, um, you know, it has been just a crazy, crazy year. Um, So when I'm sitting down thinking about what are the top things, um, top five stories that have happened in 2020, um, these are in no particular order. Obviously, I think the biggest one is is clearly something that we're going to be dealing with for a while, Um, and that's the coronavirus pandemic. Um, Just totally... Uh, uprooted everything we knew about normalcy um, You know, this is a sports podcast So we'll kind of keep it in the sports realm It literally is is It made sports stand still Which hasn't been done since um, the second world war That just kind of shows One, it kind of shows the magnitude of sports You don't even realize I think there's a lot of folks that maybe weren't even um, Diehard sports fans that realize like, Man, the world is really weird when there's no sports going on um, I remember exactly where, it's one of those things where it's it's like, where were you when this happened? I remember exactly where I was in what I was doing when the referees called off the Utah Jazz game because Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID. And right, it was kind of like at that point, up to that point, it was kind of like, oh, we heard of the coronavirus. We weren't overly, you know, overly aware of kind of the 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 intricacies of it, but once it felt like to me once it happened in the NBA, and the NBA stopped their season immediately, and then all other sports followed suit and stopped. It was like, okay, this thing's getting real. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we're on quarantine. Um, 5.68 million cases in the United States later. Unfortunately, 176,000 deaths. Um, 807,000 deaths worldwide. Just ter- absolutely, un, un, it, it's awful. It's truly awful um try to make light of it in some sense but there's no making light of some of the the, the terrible things some people have experienced with with covid but um we're all familiar I don't, I am not going to go any further than that everyone's familiar with this this awful virus that's going around and we're trying to get it under control and also trying to navigate sports while while in a pandemic which you know there's more questions and answers when when you're in a pandemic that's pretty obvious up to this point Um, and so the no sports, that was one of the other, um, sort of stories of 2020 that just felt, it it felt surreal that there was a a period there where there were no no live sports. Um, and then they slowly came back. I found my, I found myself way too into cornhole. I like playing cornhole when I'm drunk with a beer in my hand. I do not like watching it on TV. However, it got to the point where that was the most entertaining thing on television. Um... They did. I'm sure you remember. They tried everything. We watched NBA players play horse at their own house. Um, That was awful. That just couldn't have been less entertaining. But we all watched. We watched grown adults play video games um, on TV. There was that 2K tournament. Um, There was the iRacing. Never thought I would find myself in that position. Um, It it was just. it, It was crazy. Um so those two things, coronavirus, no sports, two pretty pretty awful things of 2020. But then we get into some of the real the 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 really bad stuff. Um some of the stuff that <clears throat> still <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what's going on. Of course, as I just bring this podcast back, I'm starting to get this scratchy throat. I am fine. I should preface that too given um the climate. Um but you know, in January, speaking of knowing where you were when you heard something, uh and it's still it's still just it's it's still it still doesn't seem real. It's uh the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um the most easily on you know, he's on the Mount Rushmore of NBA athletes. Um but not just that, it was it was truly heartbreaking to s to, to learn the news of him, uh his sweet daughter, um and seven other individuals, including multiple kids that passed away in that helicopter crash. Uh, I remember sitting at breakfast with a couple of buddies um, and the waitress coming over and asking us if we heard the news about Kobe Bryant. And that night before, we were actually watching LeBron pass Kobe on the all-time scoring list, and we thought maybe she was alluding to that. We were kind of like, yeah, we heard that. That's not incredibly noteworthy, but yeah, we saw him. She was like, no, he was um, he was killed in in, in an accident. Um and we just uh, it took it took over an hour before we actually I think even realized that it was it th- this was real. Um and it was just it it truly just ripped your heart out. Um you don't need to be a fan of sports. Um you also don't need to be close to someone um to 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 sort of mourn mourn the loss. Um I think people get misconstrued that you know um you know you never met these individuals but you got to you got to think about how many people Kobe inspired across the world. Um, and how many people his, his daughter was going to inspire, how many little girls were looking at her as watching what she was doing, just the trajectory that she was on. We need more women heroes as, as it is. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, it's, I mean, it's just terrible to think about, uh, this guy who, um, was an idol for so many, whose life was really just getting started. You were kind of seeing all of the new things that he was taking on in retirement, um, getting an opportunity to be a dad, getting an opportunity to be a husband more. Um, and to see all of that cut short is, it's just terrible. There's no, I mean, there's no word for it um, to stress enough how, how awful it is. And um, his daughter, who he was clearly so close with, I mean, from the outside looking in, it just seemed as if those two were just tied at the hip. Um, and his lovely wife just sort of shared a shared a nice piece. And, and I know the wake, um, speaking about how, um it was like it was like they couldn't be on this earth without one another, and they also you know so they they unfortunately left this earth together um it was just terrible man i mean it was just you know, there's no way around it you just feel for all of it again, I know i'm brushing on it, and it's not to sort of um uh it's not to do a disservice or to not be sensitive to the situation it's just we've we've all been we've all we're all familiar with it at this point, all of us you know our hearts go out to them, I think everyone has been feeling a sense of pain over that but again we're it's it's part of 2020 something that we're navigating um you don't need me to tell you about how terrible that is um while we're kind of on the more um heavier note i promise it'll get a little bit lighter um another piece of 2020 that i just don't think there's any getting around is is uh the murder of George Floyd um and and all of the events that spurred following that that horrific incident that we saw In Minneapolis, um, seeing the way it spurred a lot of um, outspokenness throughout the nation, throughout the world, really, um, it was just so damn cool to see. Um, It was nice to see people uh, speaking up for social justice issues. Um, There's controversy, of course, on the way people were doing that. Um, But for me personally, I felt like it was the first time where I saw a a very, um, this palpable movement towards um, progress. Um, There were people speaking out that never spoke out before. Um, And unfortunately, you know, we saw a lot of people criticized, actually, for for doing just that. People that may have been quiet previously. And this event kind of shook something in them that they wanted to speak up. Um, They were criticized for it. Sort of like, well, where were you before? Because this, obviously, the incident with George Floyd is not the first of its kind. Um, And there were people that maybe... Didn't speak out before, but in my opinion, it's it's better late than never. Um, it was amazing to see so many people um, kind of um, awakened by this and seeing how terrible this is and, and an issue that has run rampant throughout our nation. Um, and I, I know it just really pissed me off. It it it, it hurt me. Um, it did a lot for me personally. That that was difficult to navigate. There was a lot of feelings that came after I saw that incident um, that were really hard to sort of. into words but I knew that there were some actions that maybe could be done um that I personally tried to try to take place in to to do my small small part for change and I saw a lot of other people doing the same thing so um that's again that's been part of 2020 we're still seeing the um the progress that's came with that as the NBA has came back and we're seeing what they're doing on the court um and in several other sports too so um another another thing just uh it's, it's, it's heavy. There's no way around it. Um, it's terrible. Um, but again, you don't need me to to tell you any more than that. Um, other 2020 stories. The damn Houston Astros. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Houston Astros getting caught for flat-out cheating. Um, you know We've talked about this a little bit before. They come back after this weird delay, um, and they don't think they're going to face any repercussions, but they absolutely are. We're already seeing it as the MLB has restarted, um, and as we get to that, we're going to start talking about what we came here for, sports. Did anyone else not do any of the things they said they were going to do during quarantine? Um, so, many, so many of my buddies and uh, coworkers have just been talking about, we had all these big plans, in March, when we found out we were going to be stuck at home without anywhere to go, i could i think I checked off ten percent of that list um, i I said I was going to do this, this, and this I said I was going to get different projects done i didn't um i don't know about you I saw so many uh just lofty goals, which were great. And I truly hope that more people accomplish their their quarantine goals than I did. Because it's pretty embarrassing for how little I accomplished. Um, and also, I also I'm also I so interested to hear from people that were stuck at home. Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's going to get me in trouble. People who happen to be at home with their significant others through all this. My wife, personally, she works um, in occupational therapy, um, doing amazing work with... Uh, um, the elderly population she works at a at a skilled nursing facility, so her work um she's one of those she's one of those heroes that that didn't stop working their jobs kind of stayed the same throughout all of covid um you know the the nurses the grocery store workers so many people um were the unsung heroes throughout um and they still are this is still i mean this thing isn't gone um so point in bringing that up is my wife she still was going into work while I was working from home more instead of going into the office um but I know so many people were working from home with their significant others if you have kids with your kids so you're trying to be a parent uh a spouse and an employee I I just can't imagine so interested to hear if anyone has any any stories please share them with me on Twitter um about your your covid experiences but all right let's talk about sports i was talking about the Houston Astros so we we I'd like to sort of start off with the way that the major sports right now in our country have decided to come back. Um and what they thought the framework would be to doing so, to keep everyone safe and to make the season sustainable. Um we we're, we're going to start with the sport that I think is doing it doing the worst job. It's the MLB go figure. Um I think Manfred did a terrible job negotiating with the players association on what the hell this thing was going to look like. We heard everything from they're going to go to Arizona and be in a mini bubble there. We heard they were going to go to California and be a bubble there. We heard they were going to go to Florida and be in a bubble there. None of that ended up happening. The players were pleading to let them finally start playing. And, of course, Manfred drags his feet in getting something tangible to the players with a plan of this is what we're going to do. So they they sort of just stumbled into playing again, in my opinion, which is why we've seen the Phillies. We've seen multiple teams... Um, have to suspend games um, and there's no plan in place on how they're going to make those games up and at the end of the day it, the the MLB seems like the sport that has handled this the most poorly um, and unfortunately I think when you look at the commissioners of the three major sports in our nation he has the worst track record um, terrible relationship with the players terrible re- relationship with the players association um, but that's kind of a uh, a moot point now um, they've started, and we're seeing the MLB sort of get up and running. We are seeing things not come back to normal because I don't even know what normal means now. But um, we're at least seeing sports. We're at least seeing teams try to compete. The MLB agrees on the 60-game season, which is intriguing as hell if you're a fan. It makes every game double the you know double the worth. You know we're down to 60 games instead of 162, um, so each game you don't have any room. Each game matters so much that you don't have any room for error. Your your margin for error is very small. There You can't afford a four- or five-game losing streak this season. That in and of itself can put you out of the playoff hunt. Um, whereas in the past, you know, you're know, playing 162 games. A quarter of those games, teams don't even take somewhat seriously. They're playing people they brought up from the AAA just to give their guys rest. Now you're going to see uh, teams with as much of a sense of urgency as they possibly can have. Um, with that being said, I think we're we're at least seeing more, initially it was weird that you could tell the first few games of baseball that they were really uncertain of how to approach the game. It was quiet. There were no fans. It was just awkward, but I think they settled in now a little bit, you know, they're about 30 games in for the, for the most part. Um, and we're, we're, we're really seeing teams come into their own and oh, my favorite part, my my absolute favorite part about everything so far with baseball is people did not forget about the bullcrap that the Astros, that the Astros uphold. I love watching them get beamed, as long as it's not in the head. We don't need any headshots. That's crazy, but I love watching them get lit up. I love watching them lose. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not typically someone that ever has ever rooted against a team, even rivals or teams that my teams have played in, in championship matches. Like I just. Um, I don't find sports fun if what you're spending your time doing is rooting against someone to me that's just that's not fun. But all that is out the window when it comes to Houston. Um everything the with uh the Joe Kelly situation, him getting hit, talking a lot of, you know what, to the team. Um we'll talk about that suspension in a second. But overall, you just see the league um sort of all under the same uh all under the same sort of uh, understanding of, of, we hate Houston. Uh, they cheated. They cheated a lot of teams out of an opportunity. So I love watching them lose. I hope that they have a terrible rest of the season. They're currently second in the AL West. I want them to be last. Um, I can't wait to watch them plummet, um, which I expect to happen. Um, nothing uh, is actually telling me that. I'm just hoping so. Um, but the, 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 the thing that sort of, this thing that, for me, that told me, okay, baseball is back is when Joe Kelly got suspended um, when that incident happened of the Dodgers pitcher throwing at um, throwing at Houston following uh, everything with um, that was going on previously in that game and then unfortunately getting uh, suspended um, that is when I realized like okay the competitive fire seems to be back in baseball that is to me when it was like okay okay. Baseball's back, and the season really got going. Um, now, his suspension was total bullshit. Um, I believe it was a 20-game suspension, which is the equivalent to... In, in, I'm sorry, it was an 8-game suspension, which is the equivalent to a 20-game suspension um, in, in a regular calendar. So think about how much that is. That 20 games in a regular baseball season, people do steroids and are suspended 50 um, that just, that's, that makes no sense to me. Um, but with that being said, I think he took one for the team. I think that he sort of was like, all right, I'm going to rep what everyone else in the league is feeling right now. Um, he was embarrassing them on the mound also, um, after striking out Correa had some words for him. I just, uh, I just loved every bit of it. Um, and it really told me baseball was back. We'll get more into sort of baseball in the upcoming episodes, but next sport that I wanted to talk about that I think will work is uh, the NBA and the MLS in hockey. Those three teams are all bubble Or, I'm sorry, those three sports are all bubble sports. Those are the sports that are going to work. You have to isolate people. You have to give everyone the... Um, you have to limit everyone's opportunity to be out and about living their normal lives um, as best as you can. And that's why those sports so far, the NBA has had no positive tests um, in recent weeks. They are moving very smoothly. I think the game looks great from TV. Um I think hockey is 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 going very well. Um their playoffs are underway. They seem to have everything under control. No fans obviously. Um but still, it seems like the competitive nature is there. It seems like this is is and I always if if there's one commissioner I expect to get stuff right. It's Adam Silver. Um he always seems to have a good plan in place as far as he he not always a good plan in place per se, but he always has a pulse on sort of the situation that players are dealing with, whether it's social justice issues, whatever it may be, he always seems to have a good pulse on the environment um, and seems to kind of know what is needed at the right time. Um, so i uh, not surprised that those sports are working. Um, and then obviously the other major sport in our country, football. I don't know. I... I I have no idea what what to expect from that. Um I have no idea how that's going to look. I have no idea what uh what will really even be possible when and and it's 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 difficult cuz it's twofold. You got to talk about the NFL and then the collegiate athletes. Um and honestly, it's just really hard to know hard to know if that if it's even possible in a sport like that where um, a bubble's not going to happen that's been made pretty clear. Um, colleges are starting to talk about you know playing only in their respective conferences and I know some conferences have already came out and done that while other conferences have said that they 're not going to play at all um, but we 're going to get more into football here in just a minute but again, thank you guys for being back with us so let 's start with college football um, for no more for no reason more than I uh, have a i'm a little bit more partial to college football. I enjoy it more um, You know, here's the deal. At the end of the day, I think the NFL is going to work. I really do. I think the NFL is going to um, put something together where they're able to play. Um, I think the players want to play badly enough that they're they're willing to make it happen and take whatever sacrifices are necessary. Um, And I think the NFL is going to figure it out. I expect the NFL to have a season. I know that some training camps have started. Um, College is so, so much more dicey. Here's what happens in a pandemic when you're talking about college athletes being exposed and um used for let's call it what it is entertainment. The word amateurism that college throws around so frequently goes out the window the moment they set foot on a field. The moment they set foot on a field during the coronavirus pandemic, you are letting go of the term amateurism. You cannot call them amateurs anymore. They are employees. They are being asked to work for your entertainment and for your monetary benefit during a pandemic. I don't see how that I don't see how that works, um, because the whole spirit of amateurism that college likes to throw around, um, which is totally ridiculous, and, um, it, it goes out the window the moment you let these kids play. Um, I think that there are some power five conferences that will make it work. I really think the SEC's I just don't see the SEC not playing. I know the Big Ten has said that they will not be playing, that's still up in the air. Um but but I, I just I see I see college being such an issue. Um and I don't see the season finishing. I really don't. I don't care what season or I'm sorry, I don't care what conference starts. I don't think that there is an ending to any conferences Uh, 2020-2021 football season. Um, I think eventually there will be enough cases that it gets shut down. Um, I'm not one to be cynical, but I just don't see any way around it. Um, Whereas I think the NFL can deal with getting some positive cases. These dudes are getting paid. They're willing to take this on, and that's their right. Um, And it's also, with that being said, it's also anyone's right to sit out. You know, If the NFL decides to come back and there's players that are similar to what you saw in the NBA that decided, you know what, I don't feel comfortable. Um, This is not a situation where I feel like you can tell someone. There's no right answers. Um, So I don't want to see any any BS when it comes to people criticizing um, players that have decided to sit out, whether it's Avery Bradley for the Lakers, for example, who has a kid who is autoimmune compromised. Um, You know, those people have a right to make that decision. No one else can tell them what to do. Um, I think that their teammates look at it that way as well. I don't think any teammate – this is not a situation where – homie has a bum ankle and he's not out on the court and you're like, no, you need to, you need to work through it. This is, this is not, anyone is excused. Um, if you don't feel comfortable playing then don't play. Um, and I just think with, with the NFL, I think it's going to happen. But with college, um, I think, I I think you need a lot, uh, a lot less severity of cases and just a much more tamed, um, sort of climate in general, um, that we're just not seeing. And I don't think we're going to see this year, um, now it takes someone smarter than me to tell you if a vaccine will help with all this. We don't know when that's going to come out, all this stuff. But, um, at the end of the day, um, I hate to say it, but I don't see football, football happening. So I've said before, um, I think when most of my content is, is basketball related, um, it's just what I have a preference, um, for when it comes to sports. I love all sports, but basketball is definitely where my heart is, um, so funny. I was actually at breakfast yesterday with a friend. Um and he was talking about his uh his he's going through a little bit of a career crisis right now. So he was talking about um there's one sort of field that he is good at. And then there's another field that he has a has a a lot of interest in um but just isn't isn't doesn't excel as much at. Um and I told him I was like I can totally relate to this. I was uh, a, a pretty I was a decent baseball player, um, pretty good we'll say. But I really wanted to be good at basketball. And I could not think of a more ap- apropos comparison, um, to what he was going through and it sounds just as severe. Um his his career dilemma and then my um very basic high school sports dilemma of wanting to be good at one thing, um, but but just not being it. Um but so this is this is this is a a basketball heavy podcast there's no doubt about it um and before we wrap up today, I did want to talk about um we're we're kind of midway through these first towards the end i should say probably of the first round of the n b a playoffs um and I actually uh wanted to we're gonna run through the brackets we're gonna run through all the teams and i'm gonna tell you actually my picks um to, to sort of it round by round, because I know you guys care so much. Um, I'm going to tell you what my picks are um, round by round and who I have um, sort of making it all the way and who I think is going to actually pull this thing off. Um, but, you know, we're looking at the standings right now. Um, we're coming off uh, uh, some big games throughout, throughout uh, the Western Conference. The Western Conference playoffs are, are much more intriguing up to this point, um, honestly, which they typically are um, at this point uh Boston has already swept their series uh Toronto has already swept their series um but we have some we have some series that are are knotted two to two coming off Luka with a filthy filthy step back uh three for the dub um against the clippers um i mean, th- that that series being two to two. Uh, you have the Lakers up 2-1 to one now after beating Portland, but that's that series, something tells me that series is going to go um, go a little bit ways. Uh, Portland, is they had every chance to win uh, Game 3, and they, and they just didn't do it. But we have uh, Miami um, already up 3-0 in their series, so um, a lot of intrigue um, around the league. Um, a lot of the Eastern Conference will be wrapped up here soon, um, but let's go round by round, and I'm going to tell you who my picks are, starting with the East. Toronto and Brooklyn, uh, obviously series already over. I had Toronto winning that anyways. I had them winning in five. They ended up sweeping. Um, Doesn't necessarily surprise me that they swept. Philly and Boston, Boston already swept that series. Um, I was a little surprised. Even without Ben Simmons, I expected more um, of a competition. I really didn't see um, that series being sort of what it was. Um, Tatum just looked, I mean, he looked excellent. He really did throughout that whole series um so did uh so did Kemba um and they just they had it all working Jalen Brown is just an up-and-coming star man that dude is legit um and my big honestly though my biggest takeaway throughout that series was how how disappointing and B can be at times um I think Philly's gonna have to think about sort of upending what they have going on right now Brett Brown seems like he needs to be out um nothing against him dude seems like he knows basketball but I think I think with sports, you see sometimes where people just aren't responsive to, uh, not even just in sports, just in a lot of different forms of leadership. Sometimes that leadership starts to fall on deaf ears. I think that's what happened in Philly. They need a shakeup. I am not a proponent of the thought process of splitting up Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I think sometimes people try to overthink talent. Sometimes when talent is that good, you just don't mess with it. You figure it out. Um... It's it's You don't have to overthink it, um, but we'll see. Ben Simmons obviously out. That definitely changed the whole series, but uh, Boston sweeping that one. I did have Boston winning. Um, didn't ex- expect them to sweep. Miami in, in Indy, Miami up 3-0. They were my pick going into it. Um, I am a Heat fan, so I picked a little bit with my heart, but my head told me also Miami's a better team. Um, they have some things to clean up if they want to make a deep run, but they, they are... Uh, in the driver's seat in that series they have they just gotta they they have the the team makeup that honestly can thrive in this bubble situation where you don't have any home court advantage um you're sort of relying on just grit and just you're, you're on a more even even playing field and it just seems like it fits miami's build there's a couple teams that have just that very fundamental very basic, not not so flashy game, and they are one of those teams. Toronto's another one of those teams that just seems like they'll thrive in this situation. Um, so had Miami winning that one. Milwaukee and Orlando. Milwaukee currently up 2-1. I expect them to finish them out in five. Moving on, so I have My- Miami facing Milwaukee in the second round. I have the Heat beating the one seed Bucks. Um, now, you heard me just say I'm a Heat fan, and I am, but one, Milwaukee is struggling. Um, there's no way around it. Embiid um, has, has, has uh, I'm sorry, Embiid, um, Giannis has been doing what he does, which is be special. We didn't expect anything else. But all in all, Milwaukee is really struggling. Um, that very first game, Orlando comes out and uh, beats them by 12. Um, and Milwaukee, just they just did not look even near capable of, of all the things that we know they are. Um, they, they were disoriented on defense They gave up 122 points to the magic. That's ridiculous. Um, they've sort of cleaned it up, um, these last two games, um, been a little bit closer honestly than I think they would have anticipated. The scores are a little bit deceiving. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that Miami has enough bodies to throw at Milwaukee. I think, um, they have, they can, you're not going to stop. Giannis is in that stratosphere now where you don't stop him. You slow him down. But I think they're going to throw everyone from Bam Adebayo to Jimmy Butler. They, they, they just have so many bodies that they can throw at, 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 at Giannis that I think I see him slowing him down. They're going to throw Jay Crowder on him a lot. Um, Iguodala, although undersized, he's going to be on him, one of the best defenders that we have uh, in the league. I have Miami winning that series in seven games against Milwaukee. Boston and Toronto in the second round. I have Toronto winning that. Toronto seems like they have really. I I admit I was down on Toronto um, going into the going into the season. I thought with them losing Kawhi, they were just not going to be a contender. I could not have been further from. Uh, I cannot have been further from right. Um, they truly seem like a team that uh, is almost taking on that that uh, persona that the Spurs carried for so long. They are, they're not flashy, they're not a ton of fun to watch, um, but man, do they get it done. I mean, they've averaged 25 assists a game throughout the season. They, they just, they are clicking, they really are. They are um, efficient, they're very efficient. Um, they, they play, they, you can tell that they play a game where they, they, they run, I mean, they, they run a damn near 10-man rotation. Um, they're incredibly deep. Again, they don't they're not jumping out to you like the, you know, you look at stats, they're not jumping out to you as some of the the uh, you know, leaders in different categories, but what they do, they do well. Um they know they know how to play, they know what they're good at um and I really do. I just see I see them beating out Boston. I think it's going to be a great series. Um but at the end of the day, I'm taking Toronto in 6 uh in that series. So looking at the Eastern Conference Finals, you have Toronto and Miami. I have I hate to say but i have toronto advancing to the finals. um i think that they're going to be a little bit too much for miami. um i think that they um that depth is just unparalleled. You're looking i look i don't think there's a team right now as deep as toronto. Their bench their bench scored 100 points against brooklyn in that closeout game, 100 points. That is um just unheard of. Um i've never Um, I know I've never seen a team drop 100 points with their bench, um, ever. Uh, I I just, I don't really think, that sort of, um, that sort of tells you everything you need to know, Um, the fact that the Raptors scored 100 points off their bench, um, which is the most in NBA history. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw on ESPN that they've only been tracking bench scoring um, since the late 60s, early 70s. Um, but since they've been doing so, there's never been a team to drop 100 points um, just from their bench. So Toronto is just deep, man. I I really see them making a run uh, all the way. So coming up now, we're going to look at the Western Conference Finals. Uh, let's just run through the standings right now. You got L.A. and Portland. L.A. up two. Uh, sorry, there's two L.A. teams. Lakers and Portland. Uh, Lakers up two to one. OKC and Houston. Houston up two to one. Utah and Denver that um I am I I could not be more surprised. Utah up 3 games to 1 and then you have the Clippers and Mavs. I think the the most the craziest one to me is this Denver and Utah. Um I really thought that Denver was going to beat Utah in this series. They still could. Um you know, we know how rare 3-1 comebacks are. Um but if you ask Cleveland, they'll they'll have a friendly memory to tell you about. Um you know, I I the Denver just looks all out of sorts. We'll see if they can pull it together. But Utah up in that one, Clippers in Dallas, um, currently two to two. I do see as much as I love watching Luka Doncic play. Um, he is a I mean he is a superstar. Um, I that his foot. I said this yesterday. The the thing that stands out to me the most about Doncic is his footwork. Um, you see some of the greatest players, especially the greatest scores. Um, footwork is at the top when it comes to what they put a lot of emphasis on. Um, We talked about Kobe earlier. Kobe was the king of just mastering footwork, Um, and Dantich has it, man. He has it. Although I love watching them play, I think the Clippers pull that series out. Um, I think Paul George, who's been struggling up to this point, um getting criticized heavily. I do think that he gets it together. Um and I think Doncic is still gonna be balling. He's still gonna be doing stuff like he did last night with the 40 point triple double. Um but at the end of the day the Clippers are 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 another team that are very deep. Um I do see them pulling this series out, but it's not gonna be easy. Um and I actually think it's gonna go the full the full seven games. So um got Clippers winning that one OKC in Houston I do see Houston at the end of the day as exciting as Chris Paul has been throughout the season um they had a point two chance of making the playoffs at the start of the year um and they wound up the five seed um Chris Paul just he he he's certainly not who he was but he hasn't missed uh that much of a beat um he looks great but I do think Houston pulls that series out Lakers in Portland exciting uh fun to watch dame has been probably the best player since the restart um but i think the lakers are just too much so lakers against houston in the second round um the lakers have lebron james and the lakers have anthony davis um i see the lakers winning that series pretty uh honestly pretty handedly i think that portland is actually a more difficult matchup for them than houston houston's going to try and run and gun and la at times is straight pitiful on defense but um, They also can run and gun with you too. Um, and I don't think that that's a game that you want to play with the Lakers. And I think that they'll end up uh, beating Houston pretty quickly. I actually say uh, the Lakers in five in that one. And then you look at the other end. Um, you got Utah probably against who I pick is in the Clippers. Uh, I think the Clippers are too much. And then we're going to see the Clippers uh, beat them and clash with the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, And I think that's what everyone wants to see. Those are the two best teams in the West all year. The storylines are plentiful. Um, I, can't, I, I can't wait to see LeBron and Kawhi matched up against one another in the Western Conference Finals, which I really think is going to happen. We're going to talk more about those two teams, um, specifically um, the Lakers, in, in our next episode. But um, So as my prediction has it now, I have Lakers and Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. I have the Lakers winning that series. I will talk about why on my next episode, but as we have it now, I have it Lakers against Toronto in the NBA Finals. I'll tell you the winner next time around, but those are my picks um, for the 2020 bubble playoffs. Listen, I appreciate everyone tuning back in. I can't wait to talk more sports. Um, I know that we had some housekeeping to take care of with this episode, but I'm just excited as hell to be back. Um, I hope everyone listens. Um, if you have any feedback for me, please tweet at me. Uh, please let me know. Give me some feedback. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Anchor, um, really any place that you find podcasts. But any uh, any thoughts, any feedback, tweet at me, at ThompsonDiesel2. Um, otherwise, I will be talking to you guys soon. Take care. Stay safe. Can't wait to be back on Better Than Ever.